What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. to movies, films, and flicks. I am Mark Hoffmeyer, and joining me is a man who is currently recording this episode from an b- abandoned cabin in the woods. That's a mouthful. <laughs> it's Nathan LeHay. Hello. I always wonder how you're going to introduce me, and you uh, you never disappoint, sir. And I'm not editing that again. That's always a mouthful, man, because I, I never have a pl- <laughs> I never have a plan, because you know me. You've known me for many years. I think if you go in with something, it sounds rehearsed. Yeah, but, plans are overrated, you know. And if you go in there and you and you mess it up, then you're hard on yourself. You're like, I didn't stick to the plan. What was I thinking? Just like, yeah, just roll with it. Yeah, okay. don't even try. So if you mess up, it's no big deal. Well, and we were talking about, uh, you know, me playing D and D earlier. Everyone's like, you know, with the dungeon master, you got to be like everything set up. It was like, no, you just fly by the seat of your pants. Those are the those are the best sessions right there. You don't have a plan. You have a general idea, and you just let things happen. Hey, could Azazel be a good D and D character? Oh, yes, 110%. That'd be fantastic. I was actually, when I watched this the other night, I was uh, I was thinking, I was like, are there any monsters in this game that are like that, that just, like, go through touch or some other way? And, uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be a phenomenal, like, big bad guy that they have to deal with for, like, a whole storyline because it could be anyone at any point. Oh, I love it. And, man, I got to tell you, what I really like about this movie that was it's directed by Gregory Gregory Hoblet, who also did Primal Fear and Frequency. Oh, I, I love Primal Fear. Exactly. And what I like about those movies are they're PG thirteen R rated movies for mm-hmm. like they're just more mature, grounded films. And mm-hmm. I like they're just in and out. They tell a story. There might be a little bit of a twist. They tug at some yeah. heartstrings with the father son thing and frequency. And they're mm-hmm. just they were just fun movies that that were released between the what late nineties and early two thousands. And, I, mm-hmm. and for some reason, Fallen, you recommended this movie to me. But oh, I love it. I think what it does is, I mean, this came out in 98, and I was immediately mm-hmm. obsessed with time <laughs> is on yeah. my side. It, yeah. That is, is built into your memory. Uh, Elias Coteus, mm-hmm. this is our, we're continuing our Coteus film Let's series. Let's keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like, 
I, I like any any movie he is in. I actually think that's why I watched this this movie to begin with. Is I remember seeing the trailer. And I was like, oh, what's going on here? And I saw him. I was like, Casey Jones. Well, now I got to watch it. And yeah, he is so great in this movie for the little amount of time that he is in it. He just sets the tone and it just rolls and rolls. And one thing that I saw when looking into this, uh, as far as how they did it, is after like they filmed the majority of his stuff first and caught that performance. And anyone else in the movie that was going to be possessed uh, by Azazel had to study and watch his performance and mimic it. Well, not mimic it, but like do their best they could to, you know, take on that persona. And what a fun job that would be as an actor, you know, just to be like, hey, uh, this is your character. You're going to be playing a demon, but you like you're not going to do it. You have to like find like look at this guy and try to recreate what he's doing you know, as, as great as that performance was. And man, that just seems like it'd be so fun. And I love too, it's, this is one of those performances where you get a lot of bang for your buck. He was in there maybe a week or two and, Mm -hmm. and everyone talks about him the entire movie. So even though it's a Zazel, it's not the, the character of Reese who, um, let's see, I have his full name here. Uh, Edgar Reese. So it's not, it's not him, but every time you hear Zazel, you just think of him. And then the tapes yeah. are playing, and that's the mm-hmm. best type. Like, I would love it if, all right, let's say I write you a role, Nathan, where you're in the movie for seven minutes, but during the movie, oh, they're like, man, where's Chuck Finley at? That Chuck Finley is one <laughs> mad dude. Yo, you better watch yeah. out for Chuck Finley. Man, yeah. I, I met Chuck Finley once. He blew off my leg. It grew back, <laughs> but I met him. And just yeah, everyone's yeah, yeah. talking about you. And then you pop up at the end, and then you're like, hey, guys, I'm Chuck Finley. And then yeah. you, you pull some shenanigans and you get out of there and you live. But the entire movie, people are just talking about Chuck Finley. Yeah. Man, isn't that such just a smooth thing? Like I, watching it again, when you've seen it before and it goes into it and you hear that opening narration from Denzel and you know what's coming, you're just like, oh, this is so – like for people that don't know, you're just like, oh, this is so good. But – it's set up so well and so smooth throughout when he's talking about things. It's that ambiguous kind of pronouns that he's using when he's talking about, um, you know, Hobbs and Reese and everything. It's always he did this or I did that. Even at the end of the movie, he was like, I had him and or I thought I had him and he sure as hell thought he had me. And it's just that, oh, man, it was so good watching it again, just uh, knowing what it was, but also how it can so easily trick people by how it's set up and how it's narrated. It's, oh man, it's so good. I love it so much. And I love it too. Is that I want to tell you about the time I almost died. That's, mm-hmm. and I think that's smart. And I think this movie also rewards repeat viewings. So you have oh, the yeah. cat, you know that a cat can be mm-hmm. possessed. You know, it's passed mm-hmm. along by touch. You know, some people can't have it passed on to them by touch. That's one thing that I forgot because it's been a while since I've seen the movie and the whole thing of like uh, when they were translating uh, the uh, the Aramaic that he was saying. And he was like, I can't enter you by touch, but I can enter you another way and I can do this to you and do that. That's and I was like, right. oh, I forgot That's about right, that because, yeah, when, when he when he touched and I was watching, I was like, why didn't he just enter him then? Or is it just the game that was going on? And then uh, it clicked of the oh, yeah, that's right. He couldn't. And there were, and that leads into, you know, and Beth David saying that, you know, there are people there to battle them and that have uh, specific protections and, and everything else. And it's, yeah, yeah, is a, a really, really, really cool thing. And yeah, seeing the uh, little things you catch, like that first time when he goes to the cabin, you see the cat. It's just that throwaway thing, but the cat runs across and dives under, under the house. And it's just mm-hmm. something so quick that you forget it. You got to look, and right? To, you got to pay yeah. attention. 
The other thing that I loved is uh, looking at Elias Kateas' performance as Reese and just the gestures and things that he was doing, and in particular, uh, the gesture that he made with his left hand. It was almost like the shocker, but it was the ring finger that would do that. You see everyone do it that is possessed by Azazel. Um, G- Gandolfini does it when he's talking to uh, to Denzel, and I, uh, I'm pretty sure that Goodman does it at the end a couple times when he's talking and doing stuff, but just that little thing that they all kept into the character just, you know, makes it even more believable that this thing is going from person to person, how they talk, their mannerisms. It's just, uh, and I love how really good they talk about Reese being ambi- ambidextrous. So he knows that he was one hand at one time, but then he got taken over and he switched hands. It's mm-hmm. an interesting pickup. And it's just a movie that awards watching. Now I have a question for you. Yeah. I, I have a rough estimate. There's one scene in a crowd that you can't quite get a full grasp on. Oh, jeez. I, I have oh, a number. <laughs> How many times did Azazel pass him, pass along to different people? How many people? Or I'm Within, just going to say passing. How many? How many did he enter? Oh, man. That's a hard thing to do because there were two scenes in particular, or well, three scenes in particular, um, at the very beginning when he's going from person to person to person to person when he finally gets out as the guard. And then when he's talking to Hobbs that first time and he keeps backing away and giving him the eyes. And then the very end when he's trying to catch M. Beth Davids's character. Oh, geez. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say solid 69, Bob. <laughs> Four, I got 44. 44. Oh, dang. <laughs> I thought I was shooting high, but why not? Uh, 44. Wow. I want to go back and count them now. That's awesome. <laughs> I just thought it was fun. You know, that's the little things we bring to the MFF podcast here (laughs) and also uh, another thing that we really haven't gotten into and i and i researched this as well so does does azazel just enjoy taking over innocent's bodies and collecting 20 murders at a time going through history and murdering but why hasn't azazel or who says he hasn't gone into a world leader's body Uh, does that make sense get into someone if if azazel wants the world to end he azazel Mm -hmm. was was thrown down into the world and oh quick quick question what do you like better gerard's butler gerard butler's 2019 film angel has fallen or 1998's <laughs> fallen which one do you like better uh fallen <laughs> let's go original but let's wh- go original <laughs> but why hasn't he or he or she i mean i read about the demon here in in kind of um let's see what what's the history so azazel in jewish legends a demon or evil spirit to whom in the ancient rite of yom kippur a scapegoat was sent bearing the sins of the Jewish people. Two male goats were chosen for the ritual, one designated by lots for the Lord and other for Azazel. The ritual was carried out by the high priest in the second temple and is described in the, in the Mishnah. After the high priest symbolically transferred all the sins of the Jewish people to the scapegoat, the goat destined for Azazel was driven into the wilderness and cast over a precipice to its death. Azazel was the personification of uncleanliness and, and um, it described as a fallen angel. So he's a, and also they say that he's a leader of rebellious angels, as seen in the Book of Enoch. He leads the priest flood civilizations of men, giants, and all manners of warfare and witchcraft. And then they say once beautiful and now a fallen serpent or carrion bird, Azazel, Azazel uh, tried to corrupt humanity. So uh, it describes him as having a red appearance, like a demon with yellow eyes and wearing gold skulls. Gold skulls. Uh, so uh, I like I like the backup of this, but why? Does it just enjoy? I mean, what? Why is it? Is there a bigger world out there? I know that Mbeth Davidovitz is from Army of Darkness, and I just talking about Chuck Fleming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) They, 
like, why is it not going for bigger? Why is it not bigger, better? Like, this is never really answered, but what do you think? I think, well, number one in the, in the description you gave, I love it. And I think it's even funnier that he was, uh, like the, just like the unclean and the, just like, you know, uh, uh, cleanliness was, was it, I forgot how you said it. Just a but dirty, he, dirty, yeah, gross he's a thing dirty scapegoat. But look at, look at Reese, how dirty he looked in that movie and look at, uh, uh, I think the guy's name was John. One of the first guys that he possessed and did the killing. He had like, they mentioned that like his teeth were all rotten and some of his teeth were like had fallen out into the cereal. People he was, uh, for the most part possessing were kind of like just run down and looking rough and, and dirty. So that's kind of funny that in, in that description, there was a whole like, you know, uh, unclean thing. But uh, anyways, as far as why does he not go bigger, why doesn't he hop into a world leader and, and throw off a nuke? I think because because he goes into it at the uh, when he uh, near the end after the teacher is shot by Hobbs and he possesses that girl and he's just like, I'm, I'm not done having fun yet. Like, it's such a game to him and more so than him just bringing death and destruction, which I'm sure he just completely relishes in. It is uh, terrorizing, corrupting and just breaking a human spirit, especially someone like Hobbes, which is someone that is kind of innately protected against him and one of these people that could be put on this earth to specifically fight against him. So as far as, you know, you know, they, they mentioned in there that, yeah, fallen angel here to bring about the destruction of, of the world and of man. But I think. You know, he's pretty much immortal. He's in it for the long game. And yeah, you could take a nuke and fire it off, but where's the fun in that? Yeah, it's almost uh, time is on his side, right? Time's on his side, exactly. (laughs) It's almost easier to get the masses, blow them up or set off a Mm -hmm. a dirty bomb or do this or that. And and who says Mm -hmm. that Azazel hasn't? But to break down one person, to take what's theirs over a slow period of time, to watch that destruction for a total sicko mm-hmm. that seems better yeah man yeah absolutely just it, you know yeah you you could kill you know you could take a tommy gun and kill how many people or you could you know be that sly just filthy person that breaks them down mentally physically emotionally and even spiritually you know they, they mentioned a lot that uh reese had a like a respect for hobbs in there whether it was his because of his mind because of his determination you know reese was doing all of this stuff all these killings and doing a pattern and he was caught and mm-hmm. he was found by Hobbs. So that could have proved his worth as a person or whoever to Azazel. And I think he just relishes in taking the strongest amongst the humans and the mortals and breaking them down and doing what he needs to do. That's his own form of uh, kind of punishment and how he can bring down the, the world. Jeez Louise. That's, that's some deep stuff, man. I love it. it man i got all this like this big overarching things running through my head like how can i make the best storyline but yeah i i I really do think it is those are those are some of the best villains in in any of uh any stories that you look at the ones that are super smart the ones that are patient the ones that are calculating the ones that do want to hurt someone the hero or someone they care about but not just physically like you know they don't just want to break his finger they want to break his finger they want to break the finger of the person he loves they want to like do all of this stuff to just wear them down to nothing and take every ounce of pain that they can get out of them and then they'll kill him wow and you know what you know what's interesting is so this this azazel wants to take hobbs who john hobbs you know i read this the name john hobbs is based on two philosophers so you have Thomas Hobbes and John Locke. So, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, you know, like Hobbes thought men were evil, 
and Locke thought that they were rational creatures. So I kind of dig mm -hmm. that name back and forth. You know, this yeah, movie, yeah. this is also, the commentary is fun too, but this is also an IMDb where the the writer got the, the idea for this movie because of the trickle effect that can happen. So if there's mm -hmm. someone who's angry walking down the street, they're just pissed off about something, they bump mm -hmm. into somebody, that somebody's coffee spills, they're pissed off, but their coffee mm -hmm. hits somebody else. That person has coffee hit them, then they're pissed off. It's a trickle effect. So he saw that one day, and it got him thinking about Azazel passing along to one or the other, just kind of moving the curse mm -hmm. through to these people, mm -hmm. moving the anger towards them. And I thought that was a really interesting kind of thing to tackle. And and I know this sounds bad, but you and I, we've worked with thousands of people at, at conventions. <laughs> yeah. And I'm telling you, it just takes one. It takes oh, one yeah. person. Oh, so man, absolutely. There, there will be a line of a, a thousand people, 200 people. One person mm -hmm. goes into a door that he shouldn't. People follow. That adds to anger. One person cuts in a, in a line. That gets that person, that person, that person, that person. It's a trickle-down effect. When I was a bouncer <laughs> at a bar, I knew that if you break up a fight immediately, it won't spread. Because mm -hmm. you, you isolate it and people's beers don't get mm -hmm. bumped. Uh, someone's uh, boyfriend doesn't get whacked, someone's girlfriend doesn't get whacked, and then they want to retaliate. So I thought that was a really interesting concept to create this movie. And another thing I love is I recently covered a movie called Session 9, which really affected me when I watched it in 2001. And and so did Fallen, just the way it passes, the cavalier nature of Azazel, how mean this mm -hmm. thing was, how how it relished death. But in, 2000, uh, in, in Session 9, and I apologize if you haven't seen it, but there's... There's this thing called Simon, and I'm ah, whatever. I'm just gonna tell you. <laughs> but Simon, everyone, take your earphones off if you plan to watch this. Simon in Mute, Session Nine. Skip ahead. <laughs> it's one of my favorite horror movies because this Simon it goes after the weak, and so it 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 it, it just that that gives me goosebumps. It just mm -hmm. targets. It's this spirit, malevolent. I guess that's the right word. Spirit that just it doesn't go after the strong. It gets in the weak. And that's mm -hmm. such a really interesting thing, whereas this one wants to break down the strong. I think yeah. it's just a two difference of two totally things that really like I got I got goosebumps all over myself right now. But it's <laughs> I, I I don't know. I think this movie it only has about a forty percent Rotten Tomato score. It only made twenty five million in in nineteen ninety eight, which is kind of a big ask. And also this movie, this is a kind of a crime noir. The the I love it, the cinematography. It was... It's in shadows. A lot of single light mm -hmm. sources. You watch it. Sorry to interrupt, man. Uh, you, but a lot of the stuff that's lit, it's one light source. And yeah. it's very 1940s, good man versus bad person vibe. So mm -hmm. it's R-rated. So I guess you wouldn't expect this to be a hit, would you? I think uh, what was saying that it was, it was only 40% on, on Rotten Tomatoes, like that is shocking to me. Because like if you – like it's so it's such a good movie. It's not super slow. It keeps you engaged. There's enough in there that will uh, uh, kind of pique your interest and be like, man, this is really good. Even just looking at, yeah, the cinematography, how it's shot whenever Azazel is uh, kind of in that first person and how they change the techniques and how it looks like it's 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 so good. And I, that that shocks me. That shocks me. I don't know why it it didn't do better. I mean, it's, I, I think a lot of it comes down to you know uh, how the trailer is set up. I, I wish I would have watched rewatched the trailer, but you know a lot of times that can make or break someone's interest right away. So perhaps that is if if they just saw it as another you know cop 
catches bad guy, bad guy somehow keeps, you know, instigating cop. And they're like, oh, we've seen that a million times. I don't want to see it. I like Denzel, but I'm not in the mood for that. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It was fun to see all the tags that this had on IMDb because I think it had horror, it had cop, it had drama, it had thriller. I think it had mystery. It just had a long line of stuff. So it mm -hmm. seems like it would appeal to a lot of people. But I don't know. If, if anyone is watching this and they're just like, oh, I've fallen. I, I like the podcast, never heard of the movie. I want to hear more about it. Go watch it. Just go watch it. Stop, stop, hit pause right now. Go watch it. You won't regret it. It's just, it's a good ride. It's got, you know, the the uh, connection between Hobbs and his brother in it is yeah. really interesting, you know, and, and what happens to him and just seeing how it affects Hobbs and, you know, him, him still pushing through just shows the strength of his character and everything else. But yeah, and, and how, how Mark described it, you know, the, the idea of it, that anger or evil or anything else, how it's passed on. I think uh, when I, when I read it, it said how it can be passed off like a virus or, you know, how, it can, how evil can be contagious. And it's, you know, it, it also reminds me of kind of uh, uh, 28 days later, because yeah. that was the virus. That was the, you know, the anger virus that, you know, went through blood and everything else and how that affected everything. And, uh, you know, I, I see some similarities there um, just with, again, how how this little thing can can affect people and how how the uh, evil can spread so easily. And I think another thing that do you, what, what killed this movie, it got released in the dumping grounds of January. And this uh... is when Titanic was still just destroying things, just <laughs> destroying movies. So yeah. it probably got in, it was swamped by other movies and just got kind of lost in the shuffle of the time. And also, man, like 98, like, what, what, let's see, since it came out so early, I'm just going to look at 1997 movies just to give us a vibe of where we were. So yeah, 19, I, I don't think there's, I don't oh, think there's anything that would have really like taken away from it, because if you look at the cast, I mean, what a great setup of people! You you got Denzel Washington. You have John peak. Goodman. He was at his peak, yeah, right? Yeah, he was huge. Absolutely. You have you have John Goodman, who's always great in whatever he's in. You have James Gandolfini. You have Donald Sutherland, and, and even M. Beth Davids was was doing a lot around the time too. Like you you have a solid grouping of people. It, it seems like it would appeal out to uh, a, you know a, a wide range. So let's see. I'm I'm gonna look uh, before we. Uh, so I'm researching this. I want to ask you a question. What would you sure. drink? Bex, Guinness, Bass, Bud Ice, Bud Dry, or Budweiser. Oh, God. And the Bex, reason I Guinness. ask is because James Gandolfini, James Gandolfini's character in this film, he's eating a turkey leg during a scene, which I adore. But he's in a bar, and, and Denzel comes to talk to him. In a scene that might maybe could have been cut, but I like it. Where he's, he's talking about being a cop, Denzel, and, and the detective, and how... You know, 99% could be good, and it's a long speech with John Goodman. And do, you, do you like cream? Do you take stuff under the table? Like, stuff like that, yeah. Which definitely gives a nice little, like, kind of encompassing of, of his character when they when they delve into that. Like, how easily can you be corrupted? How easily do you give in or take for yourself? Um, which, yeah, now now that we're talking about it, it really gives a nice little little stick to his character overall. I mean, I'm going Guinness all day. What are you taking? I'm not a big fan of Guinness. Uh, I tried Guinness, like I, the dark beers don't do me. So Guinness, if there's a Guinness Blonde, I'll drink the Guinness Blonde. I don't know, man. Uh, I'd say probably I'd probably just stay with Budweiser. Budweiser. Yeah, I think it'd probably be me. Right. Given the choice of those, yeah, I'd probably just stick with that. I love <laughs> I love a good cold Guinness, man. They're only like five percent alcohol. Nice and That's nitro. It? Yeah, they go down. They're not that stouty. They're they're nitro. They'll go. They go down really easy. You want to hear the best? I'm gonna tell you something pretentious. The best Guinness I ever had was in Belfast. 
And I went back there another time to go get the beer from the same place. And the bartenders remembered us. And I had to get my Guinness. Oh, nice. There you go. Pretentious, but I love it. Now, was it – did they remember you with good memories or did you just, like, get completely blasted and, like, break a window? Oh, no. They threw me out. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Like, it's the American. Get him out of here. But, yeah, so, uh, they, so like, <laughs> at the time, like, Goodwill Hunting came out, which was still oh, hitting hard. Scream 2, yeah. which was a blockbuster. Then mm-hmm. they had – uh, Titanic was was crushing people. Tomorrow never dies. As good as it gets, was still running hard in theaters. So I think, oh, Postman flopped. But I think yeah, just right <laughs> when it came around there, it just theaters were packed. I think there were other movies yeah. people were watching. Just got looked over. And it kind of sucks that I got dumped in January because that's the that's the kind of dumping ground. So the studio must not have had too much faith in this movie, which is odd considering it's a Denzel picture and they and he yeah. draws. Yeah, I don't know. You know what would be interesting? Did you hear about the other cut of the movie that, that a fan made? No, what? So I was looking at this. There is – I think it's on YouTube, but there's a fan cut uh, version of this movie that's just t- t- uh, entitled Azazel, and they cut out all of the narration. Oh. So all of Denzel's narration. So at the very beginning, he's just running through. All the music is going along, and then he and then he dies, and then it goes through everything else. So all the little hints and things going in and the perspectives and what's going on is not there. So wow. it almost makes it an entirely different movie. So let's say, what, how do you think it would do now if like that version was released in, back in theaters? Do you think that would draw a crowd? Man, I just think R-rated movies right now that are original properties, they just don't last long. Yeah, these movies don't hit. I think I think it would be more appreciated, more sophisticated. I guess if you're talking about this movie, it's man. Okay, what what would that movie do? So it did 25 million dollars back then. Nowadays, when it comes out, it would probably it's Denzel, so it would open to let's see, it would open to 16 million opening. Now it's vintage Denzel. There's a throwback Denzel, so people can be like, "Ooh, this is something that ooh, young young man Denzel." I'll go watch. Some women would go watch it just for that. Oh, oh, oh! I was was thinking like if it was now, they made it now and released. Yeah, let's let's say they're like, "Oh, we found this, we found this," or or even or even if you think they just completely remade the whole movie and recast it. Do you think it would draw more of a crowd today than it did back then? Man. I mean, everything's getting remade now. Yeah, I, I think it would, because it's a great what, idea. What if, it's a great, jo- it, it's a good idea. Get Jordan Peele after Candyman is done. Hop in on Fallen, redo Fallen. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. <laughs> but then you, you got to find the perfect. Jonathan Reese, Majors. So Jonathan Majors, he's he was in The Five Bloods and he's in The Last Black Man in San Francisco. He's really good. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, you know what's interesting? Ebert, when he was talking about this movie, he said he wishes that someone other than Denzel would have been cast because Denzel has this inherent decency to him. He said that during the noirish scenes, he wanted someone a little bit more rough around the edges, someone a little more uh, hairy lime, a little more noir, what, like someone think- that. Someone that could have been corrupted like, or could have been swayed a little well, bit. I just think who has more of a who seems less good, I guess, or more they can put. Oh, remember, okay. Like, so, like I think Lawrence Fishburne could have crushed it. And if you just think about Keanu Reeves smoking the cigarette and then blowing it into the spider and like welcome to my world, like something <laughs> like that. Fishburne, I think, could have been really solid in the. Listen, I love Denzel. I wouldn't replace him. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. This is more of a hypothetical. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, think, yeah. I think uh, I think. I think Lawrence uh, you know, Fishburne, I think he can pull off that noir-esque vibe that 
Oh, yeah, I definitely think he could. It's the 1950s, and I'm on the case, and oh, I got shook. I, I, you know, like a dame walked into my room. Like, I think he could really crush that. I think, I think it'd be good. I think that with everything that goes into the movie they talk about and just the uh, kind of going back to the pe- their people that are put here to battle these demons, and they are just these good, good. people, these yeah. inherent, just like and there's nothing, you know – wrong bad about them well, they're on a straight them, right? line they can't be yeah but he's all about something. the work he's about the work he's about the work and the family first and he's taking care of his brother and his nephew and yeah that was kind of a throwaway thing that uh uh yeah that his brother asked him like if it wasn't for me and and the kid do you think that and he's like oh she if she loved me she would have stayed and that's all they said about it but you know it is that also you know kind of it makes you wonder: Was that the only thing? Was he too dedicated to the job? Was he too dedicated to his, to his brother and taking care of him? And then just she didn't feel there was any any room left for her. Was there something else? Ooh, do you think his wife was ever possessed by Azazel? Well, Azazel had just learned about him. <laughs> oh my gosh, that'd be interesting. He just—that's a long game right there. Yeah, exactly right, man. So Azazel, okay, so at, okay, in the beginning. He has a discussion with Donald Sutherland where he said, this is your sixth. And then he says eighth. Yeah. So that was about killers? That that was my guess because Reese had killed – I can't remember the, the number of people he had killed. But from right off the bat, like this was a bad dude. Everyone wanted him dead. So immediately you're like serial killer. And for that, yeah, that must have been like the big cases that he brought in and that he worked on and, and was able to catch. So, again, that works into the whole like this is the good guy. He's going to get the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, you know, element of it. I, I like Donald Sutherland in this movie. I like that they set him up a little bit of a red herring too, to think that he's the bad boss. But he was always he was always a good boss. Do you think? Because when I was watching it, it, it always came to my mind. Do you think that Azazel ever went into the lieutenant into Donald Sutherland? That's a great question, and I've never pondered that. Because but- I was every time I was looking for like those little ticks or anything how he'd said something. I honestly think probably not. Because Azazel. I don't think he ever did. I think you're right because Azazel, when he takes over somebody, or when the the creature takes over somebody, it it, it physically manifests it manifests itself. You know the body language, the singing, the cockiness, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. It just becomes a jerk. So yeah. you don't really witness that in this. You don't witness the the same motions, and I don't think Azazel is really a subtle thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a boisterous. Unless, unless here's the thing. So they were talking about whenever he goes into different beings, he becomes that person. He has all their memories. He keeps their memories and all and everything they know when he passes on. So if he goes into that person and becomes that person, has their memories, he's going to know how that person acts. He's going to know how that person speaks and everything. So he's the perfect mimic, which is why I think near the end, spoiler alert, anyone who hasn't seen it, pause it now, pause it now, that that John Goodman was able to kind of fool him uh, at, at the end there, you know, that uh, he was able to play that role of his partner and fool the arguably one of the people that knew him best. So I was again looking back. I was always thinking that maybe it was maybe he hopped into Donald Sutherland, but I really don't think it is based off of you know when he was in when Azazel was in the precinct and hopping from person to person doing all these things. That was the little seed planted that it could be anyone. It could be anyone. Could be anyone here, and that would get it into Hobbs' head 
that he really can't trust anyone. So anytime the lieutenant is just doing his job and saying you need to hand in your weapon, do all this, up, put it in, oh, that yeah. gets going in his head. Maybe this is maybe this is Azazel. But I think he intentionally did that, not ever wanting to go into them, but just you know kind of get that paranoia and everything else going on. Because again, this this demon has been around for who the hell knows how long. Yeah, ha- knows all the ins and outs, knows all of the plans. I, do you think? Do you think? Azazel has ever used the same trap or plan twice. I think he's got. I think Azazel's gotten cocky. Mm-hmm. I think that it it's so above everyone mm-hmm. that it just doesn't. I I okay. This is it gets caught at the end. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hobbs gets it right. Mm-hmm. Almost gets it. Almost yeah. died. So <laughs> it let itself get driven to the middle of nowhere. It mm-hmm. never, it it never even thought that he, that Denzel or Hobbs would kill himself with a yeah. poisoned cigarette. Mm-hmm. So it never played out that variable, and I can see that happening with an ancient deity who is so above people because it's never been beaten. Yeah, yeah, you got to get cocky after all that time and thinking that he knows someone so well. I know you. I know you better than you you know you. I've been in all these people that know you. So I even had like all the information better than you know yourself. So yeah, that's uh uh yeah, cockiness 100%. But I think that with all the elaborate schemes that he sets up and the people he tries to fool with them like each mark is different, right? Yeah. He has to try yeah, a tactic. Yeah. And, and also with the fun aspect of it, he's not going to do the same thing twice. Where's the fun in that? I already did that. I had fun with this guy. I made him kill himself. I killed his family. I did all this. I want to try a different way. See if I can do that. Yeah, no, I think you're right. It's probably not the same boring pattern. It's just going by the seat of its non-existent pants. <laughs> it's I, ever-changing pants. <laughs> I, I do think Azazel's going to really have to reconsider its tactics after this Mm -hmm. because while playing the long game with Hobbs Hobbs was busy finding all the information he needed to learn who it was and Mm -hmm. you know uh, what you had her uh, Greta Milano's dad went to the oh wait remember the the, what was the hint I have it written down here oh space between lions and Spakowski oh yeah yeah but why is there space between lions and Spakowski Spakowski where's Spakowski (laughs) Spakowski Now, so it seems like a name that you yell in a police station. But while he was playing the long game, Hobbs was out there getting the information. So mm-hmm. while I was just having fun, it misunder, I don't know, it didn't take it seriously. And because it almost it underestimated yeah. him 100%. Yeah, yeah. So it's really going to have to reconsider its tactics after this. Because, you know, what's interesting too is the people they cast, the casting couch went a bit, must have been interesting for this because they brought in. The, the first actor, who was, what, Charles, played by Robert Joy, and then the mm-hmm. rest of the people that it takes over are, you gotta, you can't just find, it's interesting, they go for, they had to cast someone, I guess, who has menace, who, I mean, the first guy mm-hmm. has that look, you know, the kind of creepy look. Mm-hmm. Other than interesting casting couch, just pulling in people for yeah. Azazel. I don't know, I don't know, I thought you thought that was interesting, because it, it went I, after I think... a different kind of, does that make sense? Yeah, and I think that that just kind of uh, broadens the horizon and makes it that much scary that, you know, if it keeps going for like the big burly guys or anything else that just like look like they're going to, you know, be this evil person. And then yet there's the woman with all the furs and then there's, uh, um, you know, the, the, the girl at the end that uh, uh, kind of he I think he liked her. He stuck around. In yeah, her he did like, like her. 
I think pretty much out of other than Reese, who he was in forever to do all the killings, I think he stayed in her the longest. And I don't. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that is, Mark? Why do you think he he liked that body, that persona more so than the others? What are those movies where? You, like a, isn't it like Pokemon where you can team up with a certain monster that you love and you can telepathically <laughs> love okay. each other? I think it got in this thing and sensed, I like this person. I like this. There's a darkness here. I can play with this. Ooh, do you think there was something like that she had done or that she had inside her and her memories that he just related to? And he's like, oh, this is my person. This is I, my person. I would say so. I think, I mean, he knows exactly what's in it. Maybe... I mean, this thing is unhealthy. It's dirty. It's gross. It probably doesn't. Mm-hmm. It probably wouldn't enjoy being in a Denzel. <laughs> yeah. In a Hobbs. Or do, or do you think it tries to hang out in those bright lights to like snuff it out little by little? If it if it takes over that person, then they're not going to be able to continue to do the good deeds or influence others. He in fact cuts off that lifeline to make others better by doing the bad things in them. That's ooh, that's actually good because if you think the only thing they talk about Reese beforehand is that before all the stuff going on is he played like he played baseball, and he was trying to be uh, uh I don't know if he was trying to go pro or anything but he was the righty and then now all of a sudden he's a left hand. Do you think that uh, that Reese was gonna be a good person and then Azazel just singled him out and said, oh no, I don't think so. You're gonna you're gonna do all this ho- these horrible things. Oh wow, so Saul Reese was on the upward climb. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense, but I, I, I think so. And I, but I do also think that I mean, if you're a bog demon, you hang out in the bog a lot. You don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to go into a, a clean place. You like the yeah. bog, so maybe yeah. you know you wreck somebody's life, you you drive them to where they're at, and then you go hang out in a gross person for a few days. <laughs> Right? Get all that clean off me. I don't yeah. like it anymore. Yeah. yeah, give me a big bog bath. <laughs> give me a give me a bud dry. I need to sit in a sinful person for a while, wash that goodness <laughs> off of me. Uh. <laughs> it's like coming home. Oh, all right, hey, so how about this? Let's take a quick break and then when we come back, we will talk more fallen. We'll be right Boom. back. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to Movies, Films, and Flicks. And Nathan, I have a fun draft that we're going to do. Oh, no, I've been dreading this. There's, oh, this is so hard. Yeah, lay it on me, man. I just lay want, it on me. I want everyone to know, normally I put, when I when I do these drafts, I I make it up on like during the break, and I just think of an actor, and I'm like, I oh, let's do it. This time, I just figured there would be too much umming and awing and you scrolling mm-hmm. through Google too much. So mm-hmm. I give you a heads up. <laughs> so we are going to do a draft where 
Oh, wait, real quick. William Francis had a question. I want to answer this. This is from Facebook. Oh, yeah. He sure. put, was time actually on his side? And then he put, where did the bunny... <laughs> And then he put, where did the bunny go at the end of the movie? It was a bunny, right? Or a squirrel. I don't remember. So, time, yes, time was on his side, correct? Uh, absolutely. How could it not be? He had all the time in the world. You have an immortal fallen demon that can live on through any person uh, that is, what is it? What was the, he lives on out of the body for a breath. How long was that? A, a sixth of a mile. You know how many people are in a sixth of a mile these days? He's not going anywhere. Time is absolutely on his side. Oh, yeah. What's what's the word for it? I'm, so I'm looking this up right now. It is, uh, oh, man, where'd it go? Where'd it go? People on Earth try to fight him. Uh, 500 cubits. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah a sixth yeah. of a mile. I love that. So, yeah, time was on his side. Hey, what song was he singing before Time is on my side. Ooh, uh, uh, geez. That's a good question. Yeah. I hey, yeah, I'm a Mr. Postman. <laughs> hey, I don't know. It's the first thing that came to my head. It's just singing maybe, new maybe, songs. Yeah, maybe he, maybe he was like a, a postal killer. Maybe he started, uh, maybe he did the anthrax before anthrax was cool, you know? I like it. So, yeah, he's just jamming out to that. And then, what's that one <laughs> song, um... Man, I couldn't stop, so I swerved to the right. I'll never forget. Like about that lady who died. Oh, God. Oh, imagine um, him singing that. Pearl Jam did a cover, but I forget the band who did it. Oh, where, oh, where from on, baby, free. Lord, far away from me. Because I did it. Because I did it. I was driving the car. There you go. They didn't come to hear us sing. Let's get to the good She's stuff. Gonna have so I can see my baby this world. Oh, what? <laughs> There's something sick with me, Nathan, because when you said people don't want to hear us sing, I started singing more. You know I'm... what's going to happen? We're just going to ditch the draft, and we're going to sing, and then you're going to have them vote on that. Oh, I love it. And then we can do, um, uh, oh, man, um, Cats in the Cradle and the Silver Spoon, Little Boy Blue and the Man When you're coming home, son, I don't know when. We'll get together then. And it goes right into Crash Test Dummies. Okay. <laughs> I hurt myself today. All right. To see if I still feel. All right. <sighs> You know what? I have a new song. I have a new one. So before, I don't, I don't know if it'll. Oh God, what are you doing? Before, so before Rolling Stones, when did when did Dion and the Belmonts come out? Was that before Rolling Stones? I'm gonna say Run Around Sue. That's gonna be my final answer. <laughs> oh, I like that song. Man. Me too. I love it. <laughs> I used to do. Oh wait, no. I used to do. Um, Imagine me and you and you and me. I was on. A, I went to. I was on a bus in Washington D.C. around 2004, and it was a packed bus. I was at this thing. I don't know, some college thing, and my brother was in the front. I was in the back, and it was a late night. We were coming back from some places, and my brother just got up in a packed bus, and I don't know what got in his mind because I've never seen him do it before. But he got up and started going, "Imagine me and you." And you and me. Then I'm in the back of the bus, and I was like, no matter how they toss a dice. And then the entire bus broke Started out. Started doing it. But the problem is, it was a long bus ride, and after that first song, everyone was all hyped, and then everyone just went, mm. kind of like lowered the morale. After now, song. did you or did you not just watch Ernest Goes to Camp oh, before? 
that's that every night day. happened. That's every day. That's every day. Yeah. <laughs> and then I also, gee, I'm glad it's raining. Oh, that's what oh, he was singing, oh. the Ernest song oh, before yeah. that. Bah, Absolutely. Bah, bah. I'm scared, Singing to his, sing his little turtle. Yeah. I'm scared, Sarge. Yeah, we're all scared, Sarge. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a goofy freaking movie. Oh, my yeah, God. God bless it. Oh, man. Dude. That, so I, I know in the last one uh, we did TMNT, and I was like, man, that's the movie that I watched like above anyone else. I think Ernest Goes to Camp and Ernest Goes to Jail were like two and three for my childhood, just like watching it on loop. Never do this to a family of badgers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I love bless that. Me, Barney. I'm scared, Sarge. <laughs> yeah, we're all scared, Sarge. <laughs> And what, like, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to stop the bad guys from coming in, and your genius idea is parachute turtles. Like, and they all run. Like, oh, it's on my nose. What do I do? Oh, my God, we got to get out of here. Oh, we're beaten. Those, I mean, it's a, it's a great plan. <laughs> you never expect how do, how do you parachuting. That? I bet you a Zazel would never expect parachuting turtles. Well, did he see Ernest Goes to Camp? Whoa. Did he like Jim? Was he a Jim Varney fan? Oh, God, was a Zazel Jim Varney? No. Don't you say that. Don't you ruin this for me. I will <laughs> hurt you. What if, okay, Azazel is chasing you. You know Azazel's real. Yes. It can't get into you, but it can get into other people. You should yes. always carry like a turtle or a worm with you so that Azazel rushes at you. You throw it at him. Throw, carry a sloth with you at all times. And so if Azazel's rushing you, throw the sloth at Azazel. It transfers. The sloth drops. And the person's like, what just happened? I'm like, don't touch that sloth. That's not going to work out. Everyone's going to try to touch that sloth. <laughs> you, you take a nice, cute, adorable sloth and just throw it in the middle of a busy intersection. You think people are going to leave and go, no, don't touch it. They're going to say, we have to save it. We have to get this thing. Man, it, they would have, it would have a prime choice of like 19 people to hop into with the amount of hands are going to go towards that sloth. All right. So Same with turtles. You, there, how many people save a turtle if, if a turtle's trying to go across a, a busy road? Yeah, How many right. people would would pull over and be like, "Oh, I have to save this turtle. We can't watch this turtle get decimated." Do not touch that puppy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, let's see. Um, what would people not touch? Well, I'm a scoby duck. Wait, I'm a scoby duck. Why are you carrying ducks with you? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 is an animal that everyone hates? Let's see. Um, earthworm. Uh, Just keep it in a nice. Uh, like you what, know what I mean? A hissing, hissing cockroach. Yes, hissing cockroach. Everyone don't squish it, but everyone would want to squish it, and then it would get out. But if they did squish it, you're not going to do it on, with your foot. You don't want to get all that stuff on your foot. You'll use something else. Do you think if they used, like, a newspaper and, like, slammed the thing and they took or they took a briefcase and just, like, slammed it on it, it touches the briefcase? If it touches the briefcase and you're touching the briefcase, is it going to, like, conduit through the item that you're using it to get to you? Wow, I don't know. Maybe not. So I don't think let's, so. Let's say let's say Hobbs didn't didn't shoot Goodman at the end. Let's say he had like a piece of rebar and just started beating him with it. Do you think that because he hit him with the rebar, he'd be able to get? Well, not Hobbs because he can't get in through him through touch. But do you think if someone else hit him with rebar, or if and Beth Davis had a, had a uh, glass bottle and she slammed him on the head when he was chasing her, do you think it would have gone through the bottle into her? No, because that means it. Would, I, I don't think so because the bottle is not the bottle's inanimate, so it wouldn't. It couldn't transfer into the bottle, but I like – imagine that. I mean if you hit him with James Remar and not Rebar, <laughs> then that would do it. Right? What do you think? Do you think it could go through Rebar? I, I I don't know. I'm trying to think now if he ever got hit with something. I would just hit him no, with Tabasco he, no, sauce and put it in my cabinet and I'm set. Would, yeah, 
Well, she hopped in the cab uh. to get away, and then he's sitting there trying to get in. So if he was able to go through objects, yeah, he would have just gone through the, the door or the window or the, the cab itself into her. So, yeah, I, problem I solved. solved. I solved Beat it. Beat Azazel with an inanimate object. You're free. I solved it. Here it is. Do you think that do you think that Kathy Bates and Misery would have been able to beat Azazel because she just would have hobbled his legs and kept him strapped to that bed, and then she would could have just gotten away. He would have died there of starvation or anything else. And that was Azazel. Left him in the middle. Do I? Wasn't she Azazel? I don't know. That's a great question. But how'd she get him in the house without getting passed on to Azazel? Yeah, you got me. It's done. Can't do it. Yeah, she grabbed him out of the car and brought him in there. Here's the idea. So, so yeah, Kathy Bates is Azazel. There you go. He is running at you. You throw a hamster at him. Boop. Hits the hamster. Transfers the hamster. You put a cage over it. You put You're it in assuming. the cage. And then you just keep it in the cage. Put a little put a little thing in there. Put a little rolling thing it can run on. And just put I mean it's immortal, correct? Oh, if the thing dies, it can leave. Then so yeah, just, he gets out. You're also assuming that it doesn't have a choice of whatever it touches that it goes into automatically. I mean, yeah. But I guess now, let's say if it touches the thing, it's in it. That's the problem with the Zazel. I don't think that is the case because he was in Reese forever and mm. that girl forever. But let's say it gets stuck in this hamster. You just keep dropping a new hamster, younger hamster in it. So for years, you're just switching out hamsters. He's going to commit suicide. He's going he's gonna to go around in the in the uh, <laughs> wheel and then jump out. And as it's going, like jump on top of it so where his head just like cracks in, in between the thing I'll, and he I'll, can get out. I'll pat it and I'll put him a Re little straight jacket. Azazel's resourceful. I think he'll drink himself to death. He'll just keep drinking water until he just over overhydrates himself and dies. He'll drown himself. He'll get water. He'll get enough water like, 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 out of the little bottle and then just breathe it in and he'll die. I mean, they'll still give me enough time to get away while it's chugging water. <laughs> Can you run a sixth of a mile by the time this hamster is going to kill him, drown himself in water? <laughs> Whoa, yeah. You can find there, there's it. There's your next BS article. How fast can Denzel Washington run in Fallen to what's be the, able to get one-sixth of a mile away from a drowning hamster? What's the way to kill the Azazel in Fallen? I'm writing that article. There you go. I love best it. Way, best way to kill him. All right, so we had a draft going about 15 minutes ago, but we'll, we'll, we'll start it here right now. So here we go. Oh, here we go. man. Okay. We are going to do a draft where we pick characters who left a long-lasting impact with very little screen time. So... We I have, wanted, before before yeah. we get in it, I want I wanted to make a clarification. Is this big impact on the movie or just like big impact in general? Like, oh, I remember that person, but even though he was in it for like three minutes or either or does it matter? Uh, both. Whichever okay. way you want. And this is going to make it harder for me. OK, cool. All right. So I will let you have the first pick. Oh, God. You know what I'm going to pick because we talk about it all the time. So it's Peter Stormare and Constantine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hundred yep, yep. percent. John Levengood just that jumped out of his thinking. chair right now and is just swinging his fist. He's so happy that you picked him. <laughs> You're welcome, John. Love you, buddy. <laughs> Perfect. The gooey feet. This the 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 mannerisms. I mean, just the the it's beautiful. Great and the white suit. Correct. Yes. Oh God. I, oh man. And he and like I can I can say one hundred percent. He is my favorite part of that movie, and he was in it for. What like 180 seconds? Yeah, I mean it's it's ex excellent casting. Mm -hmm. Man, he does a lot. You're right, he does a lot with little. Mm. Oh. oh yeah, love him. Uh, I have so many in here. All right, I'm gonna take Jimmy Buffett from The Lost World. Okay. <laughs> have you seen his cameo in this movie? No. So in this movie, he has a cameo, and when the when the when the birds attack, he is seen in the background grabbing two margaritas and running. Oh, that's that's Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, 
It's oh the margarita God. guy from Lost World. <laughs> no, yeah, Lost World. Jurassic World. Jurassic World. Yeah, there Jurassic we go. Okay, World. yeah, okay, got it now. Yeah, so he... Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and also Stormare's in... He gets killed from the compies in Jurassic World, too. Oh, no, no, Lost World. He goes off for a pee and gets <laughs> murdered by compies. But, yeah, so Jimmy Buffett... Uh, Jur- wait, Jurassic World margarita guy. That just makes me happy because so many people have written about him. No, people, oh, yeah. He's not on screen long, but people know him, so I'm going with Oh, that. I remember that coming out right away. They're like, watch this dude. Like, he had his priorities straight. He's had his margaritas in hand. Okay, cool. <laughs> We're doing five, right? Yeah. Okay, jeez. Uh, I'm going McConaughey, Wolf of Wall Street. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's such a great, such a great role. He had, man, I, I'm a big... I'm a big fan of his. I just bought that Long Branch whiskey of his where it's wild turkey aged. I, on, need, uh, I need to try it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's nice and mellow. It's a good $30 bottle. It's nice. It's a nice little drinker. I just I just like seeing the uh, the advertisements like, I've drank a lot of bourbon. I've been getting other people together to make the world's best bourbon. <laughs> I call him Bobby Bandito now because of the Instagram post he does where he's like, all right, folks, this is back in March. We're going to have to wear these face masks, so this is what we're going to do. I'm Bobby Bandito. And this is making a face mask with a bandana. And he's on it, man. He's He calls himself Badass Bobby Bandito. And he makes this cool... Uh, like He's just telling people wear masks. But you can do it yeah. in different ways. You can be yeah. creative with it. But he calls himself Bobby Bandito. So just now, don't be a dick about it and wear nothing. That's right. So now, oh, yeah. wait. So now I'm calling him... Uh, yeah, now I call him Bobby Bandito with that. All right. So, I, I mean, that's perfect, dude. The scene at the lunch. Ooh, ooh, mm-hmm. ooh. Uh, okay, you raised the you raised it on me here. Now I have to I have to go and I have to go pick something good here. Let's see. I'm not going to bring up Beatrice Strait, who won an Academy Award Best Supporting Actress Academy Award for Network. She was only in it for five minutes. Let it made a huge thing. I'm going to pick. Okay, she's only in it for about five minutes, but I'm going to say Drew Barrymore from Scream. Okay, yeah. Because yeah, man, listen, no, no one, dude, no, one, you, you, she was huge in the '90s. Oh yeah. You watch that scene, you didn't see that coming. You did not yeah. see that coming. And then she's hanging from a tree, gutted. Mm-hmm. It's been in my memory forever. And it's a brutal, yeah, no, that's, that's got, yeah. You you don't think about that movie and not think about that op- that opening scene set the whole like tone for the entire franchise, man. And you know what's kind of wild is you you have the good uh, repartee repartee yeah the, between the killer and her talking about horror movies. But then when the parents find her and mm-hmm. her tongues out and her guts are slashed, that's brutal. That's a mean kill. So not only is oh, it yeah. meta, but it's mean. And you just always mm-hmm. have that, do you like scary movies? Like, yeah, it's, it's great conversation. <laughs> so, yeah, the popcorn, all that. So, yeah, I'm going to say my second pick, Drew Barrymore from Scream. Okay, third pick for me, because it's so damn unexpected, and it's also so damn memorable, just kind of out of character, uh, Matt Damon, Eurotrip. Oh, I have that on my list. <laughs> Scotty doesn't know. <laughs> Scotty doesn't I just, know the feeling. I remember going into that movie, my buddy Les from college was like, let's go see this movie. I'm like, why the hell? Because it was like right when Road Trip came out and everything else, and you're like, why are we seeing this movie that's been done like nine times? And I was so so thrilled that i didn't know what to expect going into it because it was so hilarious and especially that i was like why is matt damon in this? <laughs> scotty doesn't know scotty doesn't mm-hmm. know oh, i love scotty's gotta go oh i love it. i have that song that's a that's a great cameo he's done some good solid cameos mm-hmm. in movies like thor ragnarok he was in yeah i'm not gonna say the other one that might wreck it this one's gonna be weird i'm gonna take Yo- yogurt from Spaceballs. merchandise okay. <laughs> Yeah, I got absolutely. This. I got, but now whenever I see movies, whenever I see movie merchandise, I just go merchandising. 
It's maybe it's just me. Merchandising, merchandising. Yeah. And then I got it from a Cracker Jack box, you know, like four Schwartz. Like it's just, it's. <laughs> and then he does that little shaky thing. Like it's just a weird. Yeah. <laughs> what a world! What a world! What a world. Spaceballs, the flamethrower. He's not even in it long, and we know all of his lines. He's just merchandising oh, yeah. and doing the little shake. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take him. That's my third pick. That's fantastic. I am. I was trying to think of. Uh, you had a horror movie. I'm gonna grab a horror movie. Like those, those villains or those monsters or anything that like show up just for a bit, but it goes in. And uh, uh, I settled on Samara from The Ring. Oh yeah, you know, like, she's not in it much at all. Not at all. Like there's the little videos of her just like, you know, sitting and staring when she's a kid or they're like they mention her. They talk about her all the time. But until she shows up in that scene where she just comes out of the friggin TV and that lasts with everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. thought about that about an hour before I came in. It was good. I was happy about about that choice that came up. No, I mean, listen, if we did the screen time of hers, it's it's not much. It's in the seconds. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not much. Yeah. That, good pick, man. I love that one. Yeah, I got I got a weird one for you. Bring it up. I'm gonna take Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in Airplane. <laughs> <laughs> because watch, I was I was I was a huge basketball fan, man, and I watched that movie yeah. way too young. But like, yeah. you know, my dad says that you can't play defense. Listen, son, you try running back and forth all night and guarding, or guarding like you know Bill Lambert all night. Like you try you try putting putting ten plus rebounds down every night, and then yeah. he eats the fish and dies. But it's. <laughs> It's just why? Why is he the pilot, and why are kids calling him out about what their dad says about his defense? It's because why the hell not? It is one of the weirdest decisions in a, a mainstream movie I've ever seen, and it, I love every second of it. And just him complaining, mm -hmm. and I, don't know, I love it. So that's why I'm taking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in an there, airplane. There are a couple. There are a couple that can be in that. Wasn't um, uh, the mom from Leave It to Beaver in it too? Yeah. That she's speaking jive yeah. to the two guys. They're like, oh, my belly, my belly going to be bad. Oh. <laughs> and they all slap that one lady. They line up and deck her. Oh, I love it so much. Get a hold of yourself. What are you doing? Get out of here. And then the people has a wrench in the back and, like, everything. You're just waiting to beat the crap out of this lady. Oh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> and then that one lady, she gets her IV knocked out, and then she does that weird lip thing. Like the guitarist knocks her thing out. Oh yeah, and she uh, yeah she gets like completely dehydrated and like sucked it. Oh my god, it's so goofy. Uh, I love it. Uh, All right, okay. your final one here. Your final one. Oh man, I I so I I had a full list because I I knew I thought that you were gonna get a, a couple of these on here, so I want to be prepared for all these things. But this is the one that my wife loved the most out of it because very short amount of time on there. I don't think he even has any lines, but it made this whole like subculture, and everyone loved him just because of how he looked in his presence. And that is Boba Fett in Empire Strikes Back. Oh Star. yeah, oh yeah, man. Designed by Joe Johnston, who went on to direct Captain America, the first Avenger, Willow. No, yeah. wait. No, he designed stuff in Willow. Ron Howard did that. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll, dude, you can't be Boba. Not at all. And, and it's funny. Like, she was just like, yeah, yeah. It, like, everyone saw him immediately, and they're like, I like that guy. I want to be that guy. I need to find out more about that guy. Give me more of that guy. I've always so, defended yeah. his death because he's an absolute badass. The mm -hmm. one way he dies is Boba Fett. Boba Fett, where? Like, that's. That's how Boba Fett would go down. If mm -hmm. you can't, I, like he's and he was pretty bulky. I don't know how good he'd be looking, good looking he'd be in a fight. But I just love how he. That's just that's the way to take him down. I love that yeah. death, and I defend that death till you know. Well, I guess he got out of there, but that's in the books. 
I think, yeah, and I think, and uh, so Greg Horn and I talk about this all the time at cons because he had, he did his big Boba Fett piece a couple back of him like climbing out of the Sarlacc pit. The the sar the uh, the worm down there is like all burnt up and everything, and Slave One is coming in the background to pick him up. His armor is all messed up. But anyways, we all we usually talk about it at shows when I go help him at cons because people are like, oh Boba Fett, Boba Fett, also thank you for doing this as such a bad way he dies. And I and I always am just like, yeah, you know, the one character that can fly with a jetpack essentially falls into a hole and dies. Like that's the big <laughs> that's the big thing. Like how can we get this guy uh, uh death hole? I love it. Write it in. Yeah. Uh, so perfect. That was, yeah, that was always fun to me. <laughs> it's perfect. I don't I don't want Boba Fett going to, I like it when people just that's the way to do it. And that, that's funny to me. I love it. Oh man. All right, so you took right, one of my Okay, okay. So all right. I got who I but here's some of the people I also had. I had uh Peppers from Old School, played by Sean William Scott. Awesome! That is awesome! <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a classic line. Bill Murray from Zombieland. That's one of the best cameos. I had, I had a Bill Murray on mine, too, if we're, if we're going through. I had Bill Murray in Little Shop of Horrors. I had NPH from Harold and Kumar. Mm-hmm. I had uh, Ben Stein from Ferris Bueller. 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 I Bueller. had um, I had John Turturro from Big Lebowski, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Doof Warrior from Mad Max Fury Road. Ned mm-hmm. Ryerson from Groundhog Day, because he just, hey, oh, Ned, yeah. hey, Ned, hey, Ned, yeah. hey, Ned. Absolutely. That name is in the, in the lexicon, Mike Tyson from Hangover. Bing! Yeah. Hey! And he kisses mm-hmm. him. Mike Tyson from Hangover, because that punch mm-hmm. is, is epic. But I'm going to go with the Black Knight from Monty Python's. Um, nice. Yeah. I mean, it's only a flesh wound. Like, you can't. That's everywhere. Absolutely, that's man. Everywhere. Yeah. That's it's. I mean, I, I kind of cheated a little bit, but whatever. I mean, I, no, I guess that I, works. I mean, he. That, you shall pass. Come on, like, I'll bite yeah. your ankle. I'll bite your leg off. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, like, come at me, you coward. Absolutely. Happen. So yeah. So I'm, I, I'm a I'm a little upset because I also had Chris uh, uh Chris Evans and Scott Pilgrim on there. Oh. And I and I knocked him out because he like out of all of the exes. He, arguably, he's the one that you will that just made. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. I like the vegan police. It's so fantastic. Oh yeah. Oh TJ yeah. And, oh yeah. Uh, Thomas Jane. Yeah, yeah. that would have been a good one too. I, yeah, I kind of wanted to do Michael Pena from Ant Man, but I think his character's featured too much. And then I wanted to do his character from Observe and Report, but he's in it too much. And then I wanted <laughs> to do his character from Thirty Minutes or Less, but no one knows that movie, so. Uh, I, I didn't add that, and I, I was thinking about more, but I'm I'm happy with my five. Yeah, so I, we we could have probably done Korg from uh, Ragnarok since oh, we're talking about yeah. Ragnarok. I love Korg. I like that little <laughs> bug guy too. Meek. Oh man, yeah, Meek is dead. <laughs> oh hey, he's alive. Oh man. So I have yogurt from Spaceballs. I have Jimmy Buffett from Jurassic World, the Black Knight <laughs> from Monty Python and the Holy Grail, Drew Barrymore from Scream, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar from Airplane. You have Peter Stormare from Constantine, Mick C from With the Wall Street, Matt Damon, Eurotrip, Samara the Ring, and Boba Fett, Return of Jedi. And you can oh, go I love it. the day after this episode is released, you can go to Movies, Films, and Flicks Facebook, and you can vote on for, the winner. For the superior team, which is mine. And I don't get mad if you vote <laughs> against me. It's totally cool. Vote for your don't, – don't be, don't be swayed. Pick the best team. Pick the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on Airplane. But yeah, yeah so I'm, it's <laughs> – it's, uh, you know, it's – but – all right, should we get, should we get back to Fallen here? Let's do it. Yeah, I don't even, we went on such an aside there. It's, we're gonna have to get back into this. Man, but, we were singing. We were talking about uh, all the all the BS cameos coming in. I gotta tell you though, the cinematographer Newton Thomas uh, Siegel, he went on to do Drive, Three Kings, Usual. So he did Usual Suspects before this. At Pupil, 
Uh, he, so he's Brian Singer's oh. guy. He did X-Men, the X-Men movies. And then he mm-hmm. went on to do this year, The Five Bloods with Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. So this dude, he's been making pictures for a long time. And, and, and I like yeah. the what they did with this movie. So they come up with the Demon Vision footage in the film. They use a film stock called uh, Ectochrome, which is developed for stills photography. Additionally, the scenes were all shot at six frames per second, which is not a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. And then printed at 24 frames per second, meaning each frame is exposed, exposed four times. Coupled with camera movements, this technique gives a blurred streaky quality. A mesmerizer lens was also used, which allows the camera operator to cock the lens degrees to the left or right. So they were able to put the camera at different angles on it because mm-hmm. of an adapter just to add a funky vibe to it. Yeah. And I, t- I got to tell you, man, that stuck with me. I mean, I was 16 when I watched it, and, and they really did create a neat neat vibe of that demon vision and i mean oh for sure and they did it practically they did it in camera which is another mm-hmm. thing i really like when movies find a way to get creative with things and i, and I felt like you know I, I think everything in this movie is basically in camera and i guess it, what i what i like about this movie is there's a movie called the darkest hour i i believe the name or darkest hour it's about emil hirsch and some people in russia and they're dealing with invisible aliens and it's just them looking at stuff the entire time it's it's just like what's that like that's it and you don't see anything you're like oh, i guess there's an invisible creature there but i like how they this azazel is 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 just a form but you get a feeling of its form and it's going from person oh, yeah. to person which is really smart but even when it's out when it's going to the cat when it's switching forms when it's moving it's invisible but you can see it it's a very they did a very practical mm-hmm. and good job so it's not just People looking like, oh, is there a demon in here? Like, oh, where is it? Like they manifest it's all, themselves, and it's it's a good it's a good way to, to to do it. Yeah, it's also really ominous with how they do it. Like when when the, you're following Hobbs or anyone else going around doing things, and all of a sudden it switches over to that, and it's looking directly at him or someone else. Like it's just like, oh, it's that kind of you know, oh shit moment that you know, oh, mm-hmm. he's here, he's here. Where is he? Who's he in now? And it's uh, it's really great. And and one thing that was really funny is, you know, we were talking earlier about all the tags that I had on IMDb, and I'm, I'm fairly certain I had horror on there too, but there aren't any like really, like it's not really a scary movie. No. Like it's, it's creepy, it's, it's nice, it's got a good vibe to it, Um, but there is that one like gotcha moment when he's in the cabin. Like yeah. when, he's, when he goes the first time and he's looking around and he finds it and the, the ceiling tips in. Do you know that that was not originally, I don't know if you looked it up when you saw it, that wasn't originally in the original screenplay or the, the first cut? They said to chuck it in to give people a jolt to wake them up during the movie. What happened? <laughs> well, what happened is they were doing a uh, uh, like a test screen once they had things going on, and it was right around that moment in the movie. And someone got up to like go to the bathroom or do something, opened the door, and r- when the door slammed, shut oh. it because it was so tense, and they were just like, "We got to keep it." So they went back and reshot that moment and had the ceiling kind of cave in a little bit to keep that jump. Uh, I, mean, I just thought that was <laughs> it was such a funny thing. They're sitting there watching, and they're like, Ugh, and all of a sudden, like, "Yes, we must recreate this every time." Make people jump. But, <laughs> make the jump. Make the jump. Because otherwise, it's just a gumshoe movie, right? I, I don't know if that's the right word, but he's just kind of doing police yeah. work. He's, yeah. he's and. I, I like too when when Azazel says this moments mark your life two parts before this and after and yeah and he's like the strong people mo- uh, keep moving forward no matter what they find so this is Azazel with hindsight talking about Hobbes mm-hmm. and how Hobbes just kept moving forward when mm-hmm. uh, Milano's dad he stopped he just killed himself he, he yeah he didn't have the he didn't have the strength to to go through with it 
And, and, so, and Hobbs even says that in that in that beginning thing. I think I think that Milano is going to come here to do what you know what I'm going to do. He just didn't didn't have it in him, you know, basically. And and I, I like that he keeps moving forward. He finds that strength, and it's it's a neat thing, man. It's a cool demon versus really great detective, and the demon wins, but it was close. <laughs> and they yeah, and like, how many stories that, do you think he tells about people he fought in the past? Oh, he I'm sure as often as he can, he gloats in it, even if it's just telling it to himself. And I think that, you know, b- between the two talking about Hobbs and Milano, they both went there for the same thing. Right. And it kind of goes in the just like you're saying, moving forward or some people are sent here to battle them and going through. They both essentially did the same thing. Like they, they took the, the the sacrifice, basically, you know, they took themselves um, out of it. But Milano do it, did it kind of selfishly that he he didn't have the strength to follow through to battle this thing. He just wanted an escape, right? He couldn't deal with it anymore, as opposed to Hobbes, who did the same thing, but it was for the reason of, like, you know, defeating the villain. Like, he did it for the greater good as opposed to, you know, a means to an end for this villain as opposed to I just need to get out of it, like Milano did, you know, easy way out. I love these movies about good people against odds that are greater than them brought on to them by things that aren't there. So mm-hmm. this thing latched onto him because it saw the, the greatness in him and wanted to tear him down in movies mm-hmm. like insidious where you have Elise who is played by Lynn Shea in the four movies where she's just a good woman who goes out of her way to, to help people and put herself in extreme danger. Nothing she does is her fault. She's just helping uh, the conjuring universe with the mm-hmm. Warrens where they take these things on them. In these kind of – even Exorcist, uh, I mean, just the, the people going in there to help this girl. And I think that's what marks a very strong – that's what I like most about these these supernatural movies where it's not like, hey, you, Nathan, you and I are on a boat trip and we find an ancient Mayan temple <laughs> and we go in even though it's – like, hey, what does that say, Nathan? Because you know what it means. Oh, it says don't go in here you'll die. Oh, let's keep going. What's this box say? Open it, says, this box. it says God Cavern. Uh, death awaits you. We should go look there. <laughs> What's this you box know? say? Well, if you open this box, you're dead. Oh, hey, cool. Hey, what, hey let's read from this. What, if we read from this, what happens? Well, a uh, demon comes and haunts us and kills us. Oh, yeah, let's do it. So, yeah, who am I? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm really peer pressuring. someone. I'm really peer pressuring you here, too. Like this guy. You're like, I'm, I'm all for it. Like, you're just super chill. But, That's okay. I'm a follower. My, my character in this yeah. movie is a follower. Yeah, man. Let's do it. Nah, maybe, maybe, maybe Nathan in the movie has a secret crush on Mark in the movie. <laughs> Bro, don't be a wimp, bro. Just really wants to impress him. Oh, yeah, but I'm going to go and do what you want. We're I don't gonna think we should. We're going to have a great time. Oh, well, gosh, I'll just go by myself. Well, I'll come with you. Well, but, I'll come. No, yeah. you shall watch your back. <laughs> <laughs> you, you always need someone to watch that, that back of yours. <laughs> that wonderful. What? what? Yeah. I'm coming. How's it look now? But um, e- Even better. <laughs> that guy knows why you hang around. But it's uh, <laughs> but it's I, I like that though. I like that it's not dumb decisions. This is a movie where a smart man and a, and and uh, a Milano. She's a smart woman, where she's mm-hmm. she's smart enough to realize I'm gonna live by myself. I if this thing gets me, it's gonna destroy my life. Uh, it's yeah. an unselfish act that she's doing. It's very mm-hmm. unselfish, and I, I like that there are these good people who are trying to destroy something legit evil and mm-hmm. there's not many movies out there like that and there's you know don't read from the book i'm gonna read from the book and yeah and I, I think that's another reason why I, I enjoy this movie it's just good versus evil plain and simple 
Mm-hmm. I think talking about her and going in, I don't remember if they mentioned like there's an order of us that know like these bigger things and that we try to do everything they could. They, if this movie had done better, they could have continued on with this, like the, kind of the, the battle uh, against Azazel or any of these other demons because they established a wider circle that knew about these things and maybe knew how to combat them. And if she was in contact and they were trying to keep tabs on all these things, she could have potentially passed it along um, and, and, you know, they could have tried to go back after him or do something else. Or conversely, they would have said he's here and then gone into the shadows because they didn't want to deal with it. But I have a question. Inner space, right? That movie. Yeah. You're in somebody's body and Azazel takes it over. What's going to happen? <laughs> You're cruising around someone's stomach. I I think I think he would have well no because we already established that. I was gonna say well he could have like an escape plan inside his own body that he could hop in from Martin Short to to Dennis Quaid right he yeah. just go back and forth but then we also said hang on if he's in his little you know inner spaceship he won't be able to go through that right yeah like he won't be able to go through inanimate objects so yeah I guess uh, the 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 pod would just be along for the horrendous ride that's being taken upon by Azazel. <laughs> Imagine that movie, Inner Space 2, Fallen 2. Two Fallen sequels. Space. It's two sequels <laughs> at once. <laughs> We're getting greedy. We're running out of ideas. Fallen Space. Both, Demons inside you. Both of these uh, movies didn't deserve sequels, but together they do. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, think, watch, uh, I'm watching that. There you go. I think I think one of my favorite uh, lines from the movie came pretty quickly, and it's just one of those, uh, uh, it's a, uh, something's always happening. Right? Mm-hmm. Something's always happening, but when it happens, people don't always see it or understand it or accept it. Like there's always that disbelief, especially in the you know in the modern times. If someone's like demon, everyone's like you're a crazy person, full of shit. So that helps him in his quest because there is all this disbelief, and no one's gonna you know even even Hobbes, educated man, strong man, you know all, all this was, was like like trying to wrap his head around this thing. He eventually got convinced based on what he saw and through his logic and not being able to explain anything else. Like he, he battled against this. He didn't want to believe it until it got too close to home, you know, with, with his brother and everything else. And he was kind of forced into the force to move forward, Mm -hmm. you know, like we've been talking about. Yeah. It's a, it's a good movie. This is a good pick, man. Why'd you, how do we, how do we end up on this one? You recommended it, right? I did. We were, I don't know. It was something. It was an MFF tournament and you commented on it. I think so. Yeah, someone had fallen on there. I was like, I love that movie so much. Oh, I'll go to, and then just like podcast. I said, okay, let's do, do it. it. <laughs> well, this do was it. this was fun, man. Thank you, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me again, man. I, I had fun the first time around. I'm I'm two in, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll go for the hat trick. We'll hit number one in Ireland next time. Yeah, who, <laughs> whoever's listening to the Fallen episode, uh, and you're hearing us singing and doing all the other uh, crap that we have been. What movie do you want to see us do? Ooh. That'd be a good. But yeah, what movies do you guys want to see? Throw, throw some, throw some stuff in the comments, and uh, uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see who comes out on top. Mamma Mia! Please, uh, God, no! I, I love like, Mamma Mia too. Oh man, Mamma Mia too is so bad. good. I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old, and at the beginning of this year, or like late into uh, uh, last year, they would not stop watching it. And when I mean they would not stop watching it, I mean they would not stop watching it. It was on multiple times throughout the day for like two months, and I can't. I just can't. I can't listen to ABBA anymore. I can't look at Pierce Brosnan. It's just like it ruined everything for me. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, so don't, you know, people listening say like, let's mess with Nathan. Give him Mamma Mia. We're not doing Mamma Mia. We're doing Mamma Mia too. It's a line in the sand. No Mamma Mia. <laughs> no. We're doing it. Mama no-no.
Mama. <laughs> I'm gonna say the Mama guy, the, the 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 business owner from uh, Mamma Mia 2. All right, kisses of fire. Burn. He made I a couldn't good watch the second one. I couldn't do it. He made a big I got impact. Burnt out man. The first one. All right, well this is oh, fun, yeah. man. Thank you for joining me. <laughs> Absolutely, thank you, sir. All right, so for me, Mark Hoffmeyer, for Nathan Leahy, this is Movie Souls and Flicks. We'll see you next week. Time is on my side. Yes, it is. <laughs> With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. To, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.